Welcome to Creative Acts. This is a show all about bringing you and your creative ideas to life. I'm Fee, your host, and in these bite-sized episodes, we'll be exploring practices and tools to help us navigate through our creative process, one small step at a time. Hi there, and welcome to episode five. In this episode, we're going to look at self-doubt, what it is, how and why it flares up in our creative life and work, and then we'll finish up with some ideas for things that we can do to help us manage it so that ultimately we can create alongside of it. So what is self-doubt then? Well, I guess ultimately it's a form of fear. It is an emotion that we experience and a really natural reaction to uncertainty, the unknown, new terrain, new territory, which as we know, these things are part of any creative process. And really, whether we're in the creative process or whether we're just thinking about the creative process, either states of action or thinking can provoke fear. And fear is going to show up in many different guises. And we looked at perfectionism as a form of fear in episode three. So the perfectionist reacts to fear by turning all of the lights on. And those lights are floodlights. They are strip lights. They cause us to either scurry around overworking and overdoing, trying to make everything we see, which is everything because all the lights are on trying to make everything we see perfect or those floodlights simply just cause us to be a a frozen rabbit in headlights. And now self-doubt, on the other hand, reacts to fear by turning all of the lights off. When we're in self-doubt, be that um, just a flicker of self-doubt or be that a prolonged period of self-doubt, we are in a total blackout and really what we are when we're in that state of self-doubt is we're a we're like a small child who is lost in the forest without a torchlight and without any lights to guide the way. Self-doubt is probably one of the most commonly experienced states of fear And it is experienced by so many people who are living and working creatively, regardless of how well seasoned they are on their creative path, regardless of their external successes or their achievements. And some people call self-doubt the greatest killer or or the enemy of creativity and it can certainly feel like um, a real battle to grapple with when we're in it. But I don't really like to see our fears and our emotions as something that we're in opposition with or fighting against because fear is a fundamental and natural part of any creative process. I prefer to approach those emotions from a place of compassion, from a place of curiosity, because This way we can start to really work with them rather than against them. So be that in a process of creating art or a more expanded process of creating a life or a career path, 
that is unique to you when we start to see all of those emotions that arise within that process as natural and as something that we can have compassion and curiosity for, we can really start to move forward with much more strength. And I also believe that all of our emotions bring messages to us and that fear is always there to guide us back to ourselves. But the trouble is, when it comes to self-doubt, we often end up turning in on ourselves, giving up on ourselves, or worse still, running away from ourselves. So how does self-doubt show up in the creative process itself then? Well, on a day-to-day sense, self-doubt can be that flicker or a whisper of a thought. So I'm not sure this idea is any good. I, I don't know if I can finish this novel, or I can't do this today, or I'm not ready, or is this good enough, or I'm not good enough. And those thoughts can be happening either on that kind of conscious level that we're aware of them, but they can also be happening on a much more kind of, I guess, subliminal level where we don't, we're not even aware that we're having those thoughts because they just, it just literally just been a flicker of thought that, that has come in and then gone and we weren't aware of it. And aware of it or not, if you're someone who is working professionally with your creativity, self-doubt can start to show up as a way in which you potentially devalue your worth or you devalue your services or your pricing or even just how you're communicating with the marketplace or with the industry if you have those pervasive thoughts of self-doubt that can so easily translate into the way that you're putting you and your work forward and um, that can have a really negative impact on obviously it's having a negative impact on you as a person but when you're working professionally it can have a really negative impact on your ability to get work and to communicate about your work and ultimately a financial impact on your work too. And then if these whispers and these thoughts get really out of control, it can look like us changing our minds, questioning our decision making, doubting our ability to even create at all, um, questioning our chosen career or life path. And then we can also start to really doubt our own personal ability to weather a storm to meet a challenge ultimately we can doubt and whether we have what it takes whether we have that strength within us to to see this thing through and then gosh one of the most common doubts that can crop up which I do I've never met an artist who hasn't had experienced this doubt before which is that feeling of should I just quit is it time to throw in the towel do I really have what it takes to to navigate this career or or career path or life path and we can also experience and take on other people's doubts too and so this is really really common and there's no there's no sort of malice in this at all it's when we are with our loved ones our families our partners our friends um work colleagues work collaborators and no one likes to see 
someone in a place of uncertainty someone in that doubtful place and and it could just be that it's their sort of facial expression doubt of doubt looking like a flicker of doubt in their face that we pick up on or their concerned words that sound doubtful to us um we're very susceptible to picking up other people's doubts and and really what that just does is that just you know, it's like fuel to the fire. It just adds more doubt to the doubt that you already had. And so we have to be so careful who we allow in or who we go out to to meet ultimately and to connect with, which is a really, really tricky thing to navigate when we are sociable human beings and we want to live in connection and in community with people. And then in its really extreme format, self-doubt can show up as an experience of imposter syndrome which is basically even when we do or have rather displayed evidence of achievement evidence of talent and skill and strength we still don't trust that we either deserve it or we don't believe that we actually have it and we feel doubtful around um around our ability and we think god we're going to get found out or just I'm a total fake or I'm a total fraud or someone's gonna (laughs) the police are gonna come and knock on my door and tell me I shouldn't be doing this or that it's all just been some terrible mistake and it's um it almost sounds so ridiculous when we talk out about what imposter syndrome is but really I think it is self-doubt in its extreme format because what's either happened is it's one of two things really I think it's either we are under the false impression that we can only be worthy or we can only be an expert if we've eradicated doubt from every single step of the process or It's just simply that we have allowed those thoughts, those sort of flickers of doubt to run the show and become so cemented in our minds that they have formed a belief ultimately and that we start to take those doubtful thoughts as fact and as reality and therefore we are in a state of feeling like an imposter. And then if it goes really unmanaged, self-doubt can cause real internal conflict. So it can lead to self-loathing, self-sabotage, anxiety and depression. And when we're in the grip of self-doubt, we're ultimately at risk of abandoning ourselves because it doesn't feel safe when we're in those states of all that self-sabotage or anxiety or depression or that that feeling inside doesn't feel safe um so we start to abandon the work we start to abandon our own creative desires our own creative dreams and goals but the problem is for so many people for so many artists creating brings such a huge amount of meaning to your life that without pursuing that creative path life can really lack um, meaning and therefore you know it might be that we eliminate the anxiety or we eliminate those what we perceive of as of negative emotions or feelings around the creative process by not doing it and by moving away from it or running away from it or stepping away from it um and we've eliminated the anxiety 
But what has come in there is another form of anxiety, which is an an existential anxiety. And so we find ourselves stuck between this really natural desire to want to create, this natural urge within us to pursue something that's meaningful and then a default reaction to running away from experiences that don't feel safe or running away from experiences that we don't deem safe. God, <laughs> so, sounds pretty bad. Um, so what are we going to do about it then? And what message could self-doubt possibly be here to tell us or to help us with? Well, I believe that self-doubt is an invitation to cultivate courage. I believe that it's an invitation for us to really strengthen our resolve, to really dig deep within ourselves, either about the um, desire for that project, that desire for that work, or that desire for that change we wanted to make in our life, but also to dig deep within ourselves to find the strength and the courage that we have within ourselves. Because I really believe that we are a match for all of our mountains. We can meet all of our challenges so long as we work out how to cultivate that courage and that belief from within. So if we do want to create meaning in our lives through pursuing a creative path, we're going to want to find ways to not only manage and handle the um, thoughts and feelings of self-doubt, but also ways that we can cultivate self-confidence, ways that we can cultivate self-belief and ways that we can cultivate courage. Now, there are so many practices and tools that we can do for this, which is obviously really good news. Um, And we're going to go through a few ideas. I think I've got, what have I got? I've got seven ideas here. But as always, you are your best teacher. So find what works for you. And once you find what works for you, keep deepening into those practices. Okay, so number one is a principle really, which is we need to accept that self-doubt is a natural part of any creative process. So this is really about us normalizing self-doubt. It's about us saying, okay, well, of course, I'm I'm creating, I'm doing something new. Of course, fear is going to come up. Of course, self-doubt is going to come up. And so like we no longer see then self-doubt as us having something um, really wrong with us like I think that's what's so often the case when we're in that self-doubt when we're in the darkness we feel so alone and we feel because we go so within ourselves we feel that, that we are at internal conflict with ourselves whereas what we're saying here is we're saying I'm just going to accept that self-doubt is going to come up I don't know when it's going to come up I don't know quite how it's going to come up but I'm going to expect it and I'm going to accept that it's a natural thing Idea number two then is approach doubt with compassion and curiosity. So first and foremost, when we're in self-doubt, we've got to stop treating ourselves like this kind of 
adult or professional because when we're in self-doubt we are that small little child in the forest in the dark absolutely petrified we're terrified and and really that's what's being um sort of uh stirred up within us all of that fear is um is us we're scared ultimately and so we really need to show ourselves compassion and so this is where we need to up the self-care practices big time and then the curiosity can then come in where we start to go okay this is interesting self-doubt's coming up doubtful thoughts what have I been thinking recently what am I doing recently or what am I thinking about doing that might be letting self-doubt come in here or come up here am I entering into a new phase with this project am I doing a new um, project am I creating a new chapter in my life whatever it is have a little retrospective or have a little look around you and start to understand that hmm okay something must have been going on here for self-doubt to be coming in and then we start to accept that it's a thought and it's an emotion that we're experiencing rather than a reality that we're living. Number three then, reignite your light, call on your courage. This is about reconnecting with your true heart's desire because if we if we come if we enter in from that curiosity place around our self-doubt we know that there's a clue here we know there's a clue for us to reconnect with the heart of it be that the heart of ourselves or be that the heart of the idea or the project that we're working on so you could create a simple statement or manifesto or letter to yourself i mean it could be as simple as a one-liner something like I choose to live a creative life or I am a writer Um, or you could choose to write a letter to yourself where you promise yourself as why you care about this thing why you care to pursue this path and really what we're doing here is we're creating an anchor of truth that we can return to and remember when we've forgotten so that when we feel that we're in the darkness we have a place of light a place that we've created that comes from within us that we can come back to because courage isn't about um working to eradicate all the fears that we have it's actually about finding the strength within ourselves to move forward even though we feel the fear even though we're experiencing the doubt so when we have that place that we can come back to we're rekindling our dreams we're rekindling our desires we're um lighting that flame from within and reminding ourselves of our why really of um our true heart's desires Number four then is to call on and create your support team. It's so important to know that we're not alone. And and the tricky thing is when we feel feel this self-doubt, we feel alone because we're in the dark and we can't see anything. And so what we really want to do is once we've lit that light from within us, we have a bit of light going there and that's burning. We then want to go out and find 
the people that get it and the people that get us basically we want someone who really understands that whatever that mountain is that you feel that you are up against that you are a match for that someone that's going to remind you of your courage when you have lost your way someone that you feel safe sharing your process with and support works two ways. It's recipro- a reciprocal thing. So a lovely way, a really beautiful way to also remind yourself of your strength, of your experience, of your courage is to support someone else. You know, be that a friend, be that someone, um, a creative ally or someone that you mentor yourself the experience of sharing and of, of um, igniting someone else's courage you know, it's that thing, courage is contagious. So whatever you can do in all different directions, bring in and create that support team around you, knowing that you're also being a support to someone else too. Number five then is to create and create at your own pace. So the only way through is through (laughs) ultimately the only real way out is through um and this is about us choosing to create even though we feel doubtful finding ways to create that feel safe create that feel manageable to us um this is about what really developing a creative practice can come in so handy here um you can hear more about that in episode one um But creating at your own pace means you can take as many pit stops as you like. You can go in whatever path you want and need to go in. There is no set route that you have to be keeping up with here. Number six then is have your go-to anxiety management practices. So you're going to want to have things up your sleeve that you can use whilst you're creating. Things that are going to really help you have a handle not only on the thoughts but also on the feelings and that kind of visceral sensation of resistance that comes up when we are feeling doubtful, when we are doubting our ability to kind of write in that next line for that character or finish that blog post or send that email out to an agent or whatever it is that is bringing up that resistance and if the word anxiety doesn't work for you that's fine what we're really talking about here is um those feelings those sensations of 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 wanting to retreat or pull away from the act of creating because although we're going to bring in our self-care and self-nurturing practices we don't want to replace our creative work with those we want those to happen around our creative work and then we want to have our management anxiety management practices happening within our creative work so I'm going to recommend a book and I'll put this in the show notes it's called Mastering creative anxiety and it's by Eric Maisel who is a psychologist and a creativity coach and someone who I've had the honor of training under and it's full of so many different tools that you can play around with and see which work for you Um, but the best ones I think are just a simple breathing technique that can help to sort of ground you back into yourself and into your body that they sort of self-soothe you 
Um, but also there are some really fantastic cognitive techniques in there because cognitive techniques are so crucial when it comes to those doubtful thoughts that are coming in or those negative thoughts that are coming in um cognitive techniques allow us to spot them allow us to stop them and then allow us to replace them with more affirmative or supportive thoughts that are going to support the beliefs that we want to create and so you know have a play have a look at that book have a play around with your own practices it's all a practice it all takes time but you will find what works best for you number seven then is to celebrate your small steps because courage isn't something that we cultivate in our minds it's not something that we sit around figuring out how to grow it's something that we cultivate by taking action and we build safety we build belief in ourselves we build courage in ourselves by the actions that we take and I think we've got this sort of misconception that courage needs to be some kind of fancy backflip leap or something of all these external steps but but really every small step that you take every creative act that you make is an act of courage and if we don't celebrate these small steps if we don't celebrate that five minutes here or there or that one moment where it felt good or that email that you sent if we're not celebrating that we're just missing out on such um well enjoyment first of all of the process but we're also really missing out on building and acknowledging where we're learning where we're growing how we're progressing how we're growing in strength and um, and ideally it would it's it's an amazing thing if you can have a place where you store these celebrations um be that something that you do with another person or a group of people or maybe it's an end of day practice or an end of week roundup or whatever it's going to do for, for for you that's going to feel good um and a pin board uh, i've got lots of ideas of this because i love celebration but ultimately don't dismiss your progress is what i'm saying and progress is those small steps it is those daily acts reminding yourself of that strength is what's going to boost your mood boost your positivity and boost your ability to keep moving forward because you're building that momentum step by step okay then so let's recap on the seven ideas that we've covered number one is accept that self-doubt is a natural part of a creative process number two approach self-doubt with compassion and curiosity Number three, reignite your light, call on your own courage. Number four, call on and create your supportive team. Number five, create and create at your own pace. Number six, have your go-to anxiety management practices. And number seven, celebrate the small steps. Thanks so much for listening and for being here with me. Now, I truly believe that we do things better when we do things together. So if you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with a friend so you can both start taking action together?